And what's gonna make them step into more of the leader that they're created to be if you call out the leader that they already are and the way that they've already grown because they're not gonna see it themselves. You've gotta be the person that's saying, well done. And I'm not talking about haphazardly. I'm talking about specifically and intentionally. Proverbs says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. It's saying when you say something good, you say something good. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Well, hey there. If we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. I think it's one of the biggest things that often holds businesses back. It's that you have a leader who is working with a bunch of followers. And if that's the case in your business, I'll tell you, the only person you can actually blame is the man or woman that's in the mirror. That's kind of bad news, but there's also good news associated with that bad news and that you can do something about the man or woman that's in the mirror. And here's what I've noticed for myself, but I've also noticed this in others, that the businesses that are most engaging, that are most exciting, that are most fulfilling, it's not a leader with a bunch of followers. It's leaders leading leaders leading leaders. And it was actually in inspired by that realization recently that we recorded a video course that we sent to our entire email list. And I just wanted to share that leading leaders course with you here today on the podcast. Now, obviously, this is the audio from that course. If you want to get the whole slide deck associated with it, you can download that in the show notes of this episode. But here's our audio lesson on the fundamental principles for leading leaders. Welcome to our first ever video course. I am so, so stoked uh, to share this content with you today. Truly, it's the type of thing that has just been transformative for myself and for our business. And it was just, I I just got so excited about it whenever the team uh, put this together because I was like, we just got to share this with people. We just got to get this out. And so that's what this represents here today. But before we jump into that, I felt like it was probably worth mentioning that the Path for Growth business is not just me on the side of a mountain somewhere taking selfie videos for Worth It Wednesday. Uh, We do that and we love that, but this business is really about so much more than that. The Path for Growth team is now 10 people, and truly, I mean this. The the people that you see on the screen right here, and we're also in the process of hiring another right now, sincerely, they're some of the most high-caliber and high-character leaders that I've ever had the privilege of working with. So what does this team do? What is the business that this team runs? Well, Path for Growth uh, provides one-on-one coaching team training, and in-person experiences for business owners and the leaders on their team. But I bet you know this as a business leader. Simon Sinek said, start with why. Proverbs says, guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows everything you do. And what both of those ideas allude to is just the fact that what your business does matters for sure, But it's not nearly as important as why your business does what it does. What's the reason? What's the purpose? What's the motive? 
And I will tell you, you can ask any of the people on this team and they have this statement memorized. You can even ask some of our customers and they have this statement memorized. And that's because it's so much more than just a statement. It's our mission. It's at the crux and at the core of why we do everything that we do, including the content that we are going to walk through together today. Here's the mission that serves as the grounding and the foundation for this business called Path for Growth. We exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. Now, I will tell you, our team can tell you, many of our customers can tell you, I could go on like a six-hour rant about what this statement means and on the power and passion that's wrapped into the words that we chose and, and even stories of one-on-one coaching and team training and people at our in-person experiences of seeing this come to life where someone literally that is impact-driven as a leader because people depend on them, but not depend on them just to make a profit, but rather to make a difference in themselves and their family tree and their team and their family and their customers and their community that that's what drives them. And we've seen those people literally become something that they weren't previously. That they become the man, the woman, the leader, the business owner, the Christ follower, that they were uniquely designed and created to be. But it's out of that, this is what's so cool, and this is what I get, oh, just so wildly passionate about, that that we believe in a principle. There's a difference between self-improvement and selfish improvement. Selfish improvement is everywhere, but I will tell you the people that are part of this community that we are building right now, this tribe, we are locked arms around the idea that we're going to become strong as business owners, spiritually, financially, with regard to our intellect, with regard to our physical health, with regard to our family, right? We're going to become strong, but why does that strength exist? We say it at the end of every podcast, strength is for service so that others benefit And then I think of it as one of the defining verses of this business, Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds, that they may see you growing, that they may see your business growing, that they may see your leadership. And in seeing all of those things, they wouldn't say, yay, you. They wouldn't certainly say, yay, Pastor Growth. They definitely wouldn't say, yay, Alex. But rather, what if it was so good that they couldn't do anything but say, yay, God? And man, I get chills talking about it on a video course. This is crazy, right? But that's why this business exists. And if you can't tell, we're a little bit passionate about it. And that's what we've been doing for the past two years. And what's so neat is anytime you apply yourself to something for an extended period of time and you pay attention, you apply awareness to it as well. Um, Well, John Maxwell says consistency compounds. And he says that you're going to learn things that you, you never knew you could learn because you've gone farther than you ever knew you could go. And that's what's happened for me, at least. I, I've been working in the leadership and business development space for over a decade now, and I have learned more in the past two years than the past 10 years combined. I, I truly believe that. And, and what's so neat is you start to see themes and you start to see patterns. And one of the things that we teach all the leaders that we work with is pay attention to patterns because... Where there's a pattern, there's a principle. And I will tell you that it was one of those patterns that I've personally and our team collectively has started to see showing up within all the businesses that we work with 
that is defining the content that I'm going to share with you today. And really, it's going to be defining for the next year of our business internally and externally. But then beyond that, uh, I mean, we're creating an in-person experience that I'll share a little bit with you about here at the end today that this is why the experience was created is the theme, the pattern, the principles that we're just going to really get to the surface level of today. And that topic, that theme, that pattern, and the associated principles with it is very important. It's leading leaders. And I want to get into the why that's so important, how we've seen it show up here in just a second. But today, we're going to go through five practices. And these are going to be five hyper-actionable things you can do in your business to start being the type of leader that leads leaders, And uh, they're going to be hyper actionable. But what's so cool is one of our core values at Path for Growth is alignment. We never teach things that we don't do. We always tell our team, the message that you give has to be the way that you live. And don't you dare talk about it if you haven't first done it. And so what's so neat is I'm I'm not talking to you from a posture of, oh, I read these in some books. The things that I'm going to share with you today, they're things that we practiced in our business, that we implemented in our business, that we've applied in other people's businesses and helped them apply and, and take action on. And, and we've seen transformation occur. We've seen growth occur. And so that's why today is going to be so important. But we already listed this in the mission of the business. We exist to serve impact-driven leaders. And what do we know about impact-driven leaders? Well, impact-driven leaders want three things. We've seen this to be true. This is true of me. This is true of every person on our team. In the Path for Growth community right now, truly, they're all impact-driven leaders, which is such a gift. And they all want these three things. Number one is a business that grows while their stress level decreases. Here's the thing that I found very, very early on into building this business. I learned that I could grow the business and I had the skills. I had what it took and we had the team and we had the processes and the value and the product line in place to grow the business up and to the right. The only problem was that in the first six months of starting this business, something else was growing up and to the right in proportional to the business. And the thing that was growing proportional to the size of the business was my personal stress level. And there just reached a point literally six months in where I said, no more. There has got to be a better way. And you've heard us say before, everyone says, if you're not growing, you're dying. Okay, I get it. If you're not growing, you're dying. But just because you're growing externally doesn't mean you're living internally. I know a lot of people and I know even more businesses that are growing but are just as dead as those that aren't. And so what are the impact-driven leaders that we work with interested in? They're interested in healthy growth, that we're not going to grow this business at the expense of our soul. But here's what's so cool is it's possible to have both. And I've seen this play out. And for a while, I didn't believe it. I was like, this almost seems too good to be true. But then we started implementing the things that we were practicing and teaching them to other people. And we started saying like, oh my gosh, this can work. You can grow your business. You can grow your income. You can grow opportunity for your teams. You can serve your customers in a bigger and better way while simultaneously liking the person you're becoming and liking the organization that you're building. It's possible. It's just not guaranteed. And here's what I'll tell you. It never happens accidentally. It always happens with outrageous, unprecedented, uncommon 
uh, upstream intentionality, a business that grows while their stress level decreases. Do you believe that that's possible? Because if you don't believe that it's possible, then I guarantee you it's not. It's the minute that you believe that's possible for you, for your team, for your business as a whole, that you will start taking action towards it. Number two, impact-driven leaders want to provide enjoyable work to people they enjoy. Here's the deal. I don't really have this vision for myself that, man, I'm going to get really rich on the backs of those nine people and they're going to hate it. Like they're going to be miserable the entire time, but it's okay because, man, I'm going to be sitting in the sunshine just enjoying myself. I, I like, uh-uh. It, do, it doesn't really appeal to me. Like the thing that I'm driven by and the thing that the people that we work with are driven by, that they're like, there is such value and meaning and significance and purpose and power to work. And I want my place that I'm building, whether that's my team or whether that's our business as a whole, I want this to be this little oasis in this cultural mess that we're in right now where people get to experience the passion and value and power of work of a job well done, of a job that they actually enjoy, of a job that makes them better for when they go home. And and that's what we want. But then we want to do that for people we enjoy. And so that's going to really tie into the content that we're going to walk through today because you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. That's an important principle to remember. What else do impact-driven leaders want? Well, they want to build a business that helps people become who they were created to be. I think subpar leaders, non-impact-driven leaders, toxic leaders, what do they lead? They lead employees. Impact-driven leaders know that they lead people. They lead husbands and wives and parents and Christ followers. And they lead people that are neighbors to other people. And hopefully they're leading some leaders in their community. And man, I I just get so excited about the fact that what if because people worked for my business and our team, they became more of who God created them to be. That is just so exciting to me. And I really want that for my business. But what really gets me fire up is the ripple effect of that happening in every business that we work with. We work with electrical companies. We work with someone that runs a network of charter schools up in Michigan. We work with veterinary hospitals. We work with marketing agencies. We work with uh, landscaping companies. Um, we, I mean, you could just go on and on and on. The, the number of it, a pool company we work with, the industry, uh, the industries, stages of business, size of business, they really run the gamut. There's over 30 different businesses represented in the Path for Growth community right now. Here's one thing they all have in common. They really, really want the people that work with them to, to say, man, because of that quote unquote job, I became more of who I was created to be. For myself, yes. For this team, yes. But also for my family and for my community. So this is what impact-driven leaders want. Now, here's what I want you to understand is that one of the things that we've seen is that there's two things that often hold impact-driven leaders back from achieving these three results. Number one is that they are a leader. They are a leader, which is a really good thing, but that leader is leading followers. And 
Think about how this point connects to all of the results that were listed on the previous slide. Well, it doesn't, right? If you are a leader that is leading followers that aren't thinking creatively, aren't thinking independently, aren't making decisions proactively, don't have an ownership mentality, not necessarily because they're bad people. In fact, in my experience, they're almost never bad people. They just haven't been trained how to be a leader. And and so it's a leader that's leading followers. and, And as a result, the leader's stress level increases, number one. The people can't step into who they're created to be, number two. And the leader starts to not enjoy the people that they're working with. They actually start to become resentful of them. And that's not the people's fault. In many ways, that's the leader's fault, right? If the leader looks up and they say, I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm the only person that can make competent decisions on behalf of this business, and I'm really the only person that's moving this business forward, that is probably not the team's fault. That's probably the leader's fault. It's a leader that's leading followers, and you do not scale a business that way sustainably. You certainly don't make an impact that way. Here's number two. They are a leader that's leading leaders who are leading followers. So this is really interesting. And, and this was a little bit of a paradigm shift for me because we've all kind of heard that idea. The best leaders don't lead followers. The best leaders lead leaders. And that is true. But here's what I've seen. An owner in an organization or even a mid-level manager in an organization, they may have grown the ability and the skill and the proficiency of leading leaders because truly it's something that you learn to experience. But the organization will Uh, hit a lid, right? John Maxwell talks about the leadership lid. If the leaders that that leader is leading are leading followers. And so what does that mean? We've got leader, they're leading leaders, but these leaders haven't been trained how to develop people to lead the organization as well. And so what you will end up with is instead of decentralized decision-making, which is what Jocko Willink would talk about, you end up with centralized decision-making. You end up with an organization that's stagnant, that's complacent, and that constantly hits on this lid and a leader that's outrageously stressed out because the organization can't grow unless they are directly involved. And so these are the two things that are holding people back. And I know that we're using the word leader a lot here, but it's kind of why we exist. So I'm not really going to apologize for it. But this is so important to recognize because my bet is that if your business is hitting a lid, if you're saying, man, we grew really fast and then we just, we're, we're hitting this spot where I get more frustrated and I get more stressed out and I, I feel like I need people to make decisions, not just because they came to me and asked me what to do, but made decisions that were actually right and good and creative and independent and strong and critical thinking, um, but they did it on their own. And what I will tell you, it's possible. It's absolutely possible, but you've got to overcome these two blockers. And so what I want you to know is that businesses that make a lasting impact are built by leaders who lead leaders who lead leaders. Think about this sentence for a second. If you're going to make a lasting impact. Now, if you just want a bunch of cogs in a wheel, as Seth Godin would say, right, then then be a leader that leads followers that lead followers. And, and you will be a genius with a thousand followers, I have no interest in doing that. And if you desire to make an impact, you shouldn't either. And so what do we need to understand? There's two investments. And I believe this. I believe these are high return investments. I believe these are the type of thing that if you put your time, your energy, your manpower, your effort, if you grow in this area, which by the way, comfort and growth never coexist. So it's going to be uncomfortable. Spoiler alert, right? Well, if you put all of those resources into these two things, you're going to 
create impact, but you're also going to increase efficiency and effectiveness. One more thing before I get to the two investments. Jim Collins, who I'm sure many of you know who that is, right? He wrote Good to Great, How the Mighty Fall. Just, a, I mean, probably one of the most prolific um, business and leadership writers of our time. I listened to an interview with him where he was talking about his mentor, Peter Drucker. And man, there, it's so sad to me the number of people that haven't read a Peter Drucker book because in so many ways, I mean, that guy was the father of modern management, right? The effective executive is just a masterclass. And in so many ways, he had all the stuff that every business and leadership person teaches today figured out over 50 years ago. And, and so what Jim Collins says about his mentor, Peter Drucker, is he says he thinks that Peter devoted his entire career, which the guy wrote like something like 90 books. He says he thinks Peter devoted his entire career to answering one question. And here's that question. How do we simultaneously increase productivity and humanity? <sighs> I freaking love that question, don't you? Because I, I can think of a lot of organizations that, man, they've got a lot of humanity and that's great, but they're incredibly lazy, ineffective, and inefficient, right? But then I, I, I think of an, another group of organizations that they're incredibly efficient, they're productive, but it's like machines and we sacrifice the humanity. There's no longer human beings that are working there. They're just churning through cogs. And I think that that applies to the words efficiency and effectiveness, these two investments are going to help you build an organization that increases productivity, yes, but it's also going to increase humanity, which that's part of what we want to do as impact-driven leaders. Number one, learn how to lead leaders. Do you know how to do this? We're going to talk about it some today, so that's good. But I, I would ask you to evaluate yourself. Are you the type of person that has a track record and reputation for being able to lead other leaders? This is what I would describe as a kingpin skill. And what I mean by kingpin is, you know what, you know bowling, right? <laughs> There's one pin that I literally never hit, but if you do hit it, right, it knocks down all the other pins. It's the kingpin. This is one of those skills that if you can learn this one and the next one and put the two together, they're kingpin skills. And if you can knock them down, it's going to make every other skill, every other ability, every other opportunity radically more available and possible to you, but way more than just to you, it's going to be available to your team, which is so cool. So you got to learn how to lean leaders. And, and man, if you say, man, I'm not very good at that right now, rate yourself on a one to 10. If you say, man, I'm a three on that right now, well, you're in the right spot because we're going to talk about five practices today. Number two, teach leaders how to lead leaders. Here's what's interesting. I've met some really incredible leaders in the past 12 years since I really started working in the business and leadership space. Incredible leaders. People that on number one, they were a nine, maybe even a 10. I mean this. But here's what I learned. Just because you're a 10 on number one doesn't mean you're automatically a 10 on number two. Just because you know how to lead leaders doesn't mean that you're proficient and effective at teaching those leaders how to do the same thing because doing something yourself and teaching others how to do it, it's two radically different skill sets. And, and so, yes, we got to learn how to lead leaders, but then we've also got to teach those leaders how to lead leaders. And so I would ask you, how good are you at doing that? Because the best leaders that I know, they put on the hat and play the role of teacher regularly. 
And that's how they build something that goes way, way, way past them. And what's so neat is that these two investments, learning how to lead leaders and then teaching others how to lead leaders, those two investments can be cascaded into every level of your organization. We work with organizations that have uh, one person. We also work with organizations that have upwards of a thousand people that they represent. And we work with the business owner. And here's what I've seen is that business owner, they can learn how to lead leaders and then they can teach leaders how to lead leaders. And what's so neat is if you can do those two things, those two things, incredibly simple, outrageously difficult, incredibly, remarkably uncommon. If you can figure out how to do those two things, well, then what happens is you say, okay, I'm the owner and I've got my C-suite. I need to lead these people as leaders, but then I'm not just going to stop there. I'm going to teach them how to do the same thing. And then you got your C-suite and they say, okay, I I need to learn how to lead leaders, but it's not going to stop there. I'm going to take our mid-level managers and I'm going to teach them how to do the same thing. And what you see is this ripple effect that cascades through the organization. You want to talk about high return investment because suddenly you are increasing the agility, the efficiency, the effectiveness, and therefore the impact of the business because you've decentralized decision-making. And and so often, business moves at the pace that decisions are made. So there's five practices, and we're going to walk through five of them. And uh, we're we're just going to give you kind of the actionable things that you can do to start growing in this area. And, And these are the fundamental things. We can go way deeper than that. There's so much substance in this. We could probably teach, well, I'll tell you about the three day course that we're going to teach here in just a bit, but, but we could teach a lot on this, right? So we're going to go through five and these are the fundamentals. And if you can't do these things, then, then really you have no business even looking into the greater depth and substance and psychology behind all of this and figuring out how to really get in the nuts and bolts of this. Number one, codify what matters most and communicate it in a compelling way. Now, I want to break this down into two pieces. Codify what matters most. We think that every business should be able to consistently answer four questions. And I'm not saying you should be able to consistently answer it like, oh, we use a billion different words to describe the same thing. I'm saying the same words because language creates culture. So here's the question. You and your team will benefit by being able to answer the same way every single time. And man, the teams that I know that are really making an impact, they've got it by memory. Number one, why do you exist? I already shared with you, Path for Growth exists to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. That's ours. What's yours? Why do you exist? That's your mission. Number two, what do you stand for? It's found in your core values. Path for Growth's core values are point to Jesus, alignment, freedom, and responsibility, treat people like friends, and strength is for service. Those are the immovable values that we stand for. And if you ask our team member those values and what they mean, they will tell you. And what those values operate as the guide, those values operate as the guiding guardrails and principles within which decisions can be made. Number three, where is the business going? And some people may say, well, we're going to do 5 million in three years. Give me a vision. 
That's not a vision. That's a goal, right? That's a revenue number. And if you only give people a number as what you're going for, don't be surprised when they leave because some other business offered a bigger number, right? So give me a vision, right? And so at Path for Growth, we say that, that we are on the path to operationalize the way that we create and deliver value by end of Q3 2024. That's our vision, right? And we have a whole vision charter that details qualitatively and quantitatively what needs to be true at the end of 2024 or Q3 2024 um, in order to say we've won on that vision and our team knows it, right? And so that's ours. What's yours, right? Why do we exist? What do we stand for? Where are we going? And then finally, how do we create and deliver value? I I told you all ours at the beginning, one-on-one coaching, uh, team trainings, in-person experiences, right? That's how we create and deliver value. Our COO, Zach S, has used this example on a team meeting that we gave today. And he said, okay, Remember, so often a business gets distracted by things that aren't actually the value that the business exists to create and deliver. And so he says, you go to a restaurant, you may have the best service, you may have the best reservation system, it may be a beautiful view, and if they don't actually give you food, are you happy or sad? You're sad, wah, wah, because the value you were expecting was food, right? But I will tell you, you walk into so many businesses that you're like, man, you're so friendly, and this is great, but this is, it's way too hard to actually get what I want to need. How do you create and deliver value? Four questions that you and your team need to be able to consistently answer. Why do we exist? What do we stand for? Where are we going? How do we create and deliver value? Now, here's what's interesting. Having those things matters. Communicating them in a compelling way matters more. I used to teach a high school leadership development course, and one of the fundamental principles we would teach on communication was message matters, manner matters more. Here's where I think leaders often hit a lid is they don't communicate those things in a way that people get chill bumps when they talk about them. And here's what I know to be true, is I don't care about your personality type. I don't care about your wiring. I don't care about your propensity. You can be the type of leader that codifies what matters and communicates it in such a way that the people aren't just like, oh, that's nice, right? If you have a business where people look at your values and your mission and they say, oh, that, that's really nice. I like that they have that. You have so much further that you can possibly go. And we're not yet at remarkable culture. We want the type of thing where, man, people feel like they're a part of something. Because this connects to what we said at the beginning. People want and are created to belong to something. They want a mission. They want a vision. They want to be a hero on a journey, as Don Miller would say. Could you give that to them as a place to work? Codify what matters, communicate it in a compelling way. Number two, cast a grander vision. I want to tell you the story about where I learned this. I was sitting down and having drinks with um, uh, two leaders that I deeply admire. It was a husband and wife. And they both work for an organization that is just massive, truly national impact. If I told you the name of it, I guarantee you, you wouldn't know it, right? But I haven't asked him for permission to tell the story, so I'm not going to give you any names, right? Uh, Massive organization, though. And this guy, specifically, incredibly high-caliber leader, like entrepreneurial mind, ownership mentality, outrageously effective communicator, um, even better writer than he is a verbal communicator as well, wildly persuasive, incredible salesperson, understands culture. Literally, he has all of the skill sets necessary to start and build his own business like tomorrow. And I, I mean that, like he, he could do it. 
And finally, I worked up the courage to just ask him the question. And I said, here's the deal. I said, you could literally leave your job right now. You work in this organization. You could literally leave your job right now and start your own business and kill it. And then I asked him the question, why don't you? What's going on here? And I, I, I mean this. I will never forget what he said. He said, Alex, he said, I could do that. You're right. And I've thought about it. But he said, here's the deal. He said, as of right now, what this leader that he works for, what this leader's building, it's so much bigger and greater and grander than anything I could ever do on my own. And he said, until I've got a vision that represents something that I feel more called to than this place, why on earth would I ever leave? But then he pointed at me and he said, but that's something you need to understand as a leader. You've got to be able to provide a grander vision for people to be a part of something that's way bigger than just you and it's way bigger than just them. And he said, if you can't provide the environment, doesn't mean you have to come up with all of it, but if you can't provide that environment and if they don't see that vision in the organization, they will undoubtedly start looking for opportunities outside the organization. Cast a grander vision. Give people something to be a part of that they say, man, what a gift that I get to be a part of this. And I will tell you, I've seen businesses in every industry do it. Don't you dare excuse your industry. I've seen businesses in every single industry cast a grander vision that people who are talented that could start their own thing stay because what's going on here is so freaking great. Number three, clarify desired outcomes. You know this. Bad leaders delegate tasks. Good leaders delegate outcomes. Let's just use the most base level example. Say you've got janitorial staff. Delegating a task says sweep the floors. Delegating an outcome says clean floors. Let me ask you. You give someone a task, you're requesting their compliance. If you give someone an outcome, what are you requesting of them? Their creativity and their critical thinking. This ties in directly to what we said impact-driven leaders want. They want to provide work that people enjoy to people that they enjoy. And people don't enjoy mindless rule following. If you treat people like machines, don't be surprised when they start acting like machines, start getting bored and complacent and look for a way out. Conversely, if you give them desired outcomes, in many ways, this is a vision, right? A path for growth, you've probably heard us talk about success statements. That's three to five statements that describe what winning looks like for any essential function of your business, a role, a project, a meeting. Give them a picture of success and then you say, you do your creative best to figure out the how, here's the what and the why. It's, he's one of the greatest leaders that I know. Uh, he's just a serial entrepreneur, started multiple businesses, sold them for, I mean, exponentially more than what he started them at in multiple arenas, multiple industries as well. And one of the things that he taught me, he said, Alex, managers deal in the how, leaders deal in the what and the why. Give people a what, give them a compelling why, and then let them do what great people do. Clarify desired outcomes. Number four, challenge and affirm. I'll never forget. He's one of the greatest leaders I've ever worked for. Sat down with him. I had just started my first job after college. This was over 10 years ago now. And sat down with him over a cup of coffee shortly after I'd started my job. And 
uh, he asked me how things were going and, and he kind of beat me to the punch because really I wanted to know his opinion. But I said, man, I, I think it's going good. I think it's going really good. Everyone's telling me it's, I'm doing a good job and, and ev- everyone's, you know, praising me and saying I'm doing good work. I think it's going good. And, and then I asked him, how do you think things are going? I was probably 30, maybe 60 days into the job. He looked at me, crossed his arm, took a sip of his coffee, just kind of stared and said, I'm glad that everyone thinks you're doing a good job. And I believe that everyone thinks you're doing a good job. And I'll never forget it. He said, as for me, I'm severely unimpressed. <laughs> Golly, felt like a semi truck. I, I mean it, it just, I mean, blindsided me. Here's what felt even worse though. My sinking recognition that he was right. Because what he proceeded to say was, I believe that other people think you're doing a good job, but I didn't bring you here to do a good job. And I know that you are only giving 50% of what you're actually capable of. And here's the deal. If you want to settle and plateau at good, that's fine. Just don't expect me to be very invested because I know that I know that I know that you've got a higher gear in you and you're holding back. What's crazy is he was right. But he said something before he said all of those things. He said, Alex, I want to tell you this. I love you and I care about you. And that's really important. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need the action, but we also need the love, right? You got to care about people. What is love? To, to, to pour yourself out in the best interest of someone else. It would have been way easier for him to not voice his opinion there. But he cared about me enough to step up and say something. And here's what I learned in that moment. Good leaders hold people accountable to the standard of others. Great leaders hold people accountable to the standard of their potential. They challenge them and they affirm them. That's what we're talking about. Are you holding your people to the, to the standard of your potential? Because if you want to lead leaders, you got to do that. But it's got to be done in the, the context of relationship Because what do we always say? Leadership teams move at the speed of trust. That's what Stephen Covey would say. Finally, celebrate growth. Uh, This is one of the things that I've learned. It's, it's, It's a pattern that we've seen show up is that oftentimes people don't see their own growth. I love how Tim Keller describes it. He says, apparently, that if you're a parent of a kid, you don't see the kid grow because you see the kid every single day. The people that see the kid grow are the grandparents because the grandparents see the kid like once a month, maybe once every three months if they live out of town, right? And every time you show up, you're like, oh my gosh, you've grown so much. And the parents are like, I didn't even really realize it, to be honest with you, but they have grown a lot. I've heard that that's true. Here's what's true about you is oftentimes you don't see your own growth. You have no clue it's even happening. And here's what's true about your leaders. They don't see their own growth. And so if you want to be a leader that leads leaders, you've got to be the type of person that, man, when you see someone step up to the plate, when you see someone that that does something they've never done before, when you see someone stepping into the shoes of a leader confidently and boldly, you say, you've grown And I want to recognize that and I want to call that out and I want to celebrate you because people thrive on encouragement. What is encourage? It's to give courage. And what's going to make them step into more of the leader that they're created to be if you call out the leader that they already are and the way that they've already grown because they're not going to see it themselves. You've got to be the person that's saying, well done. And I'm not talking about haphazardly. I'm talking about specifically and intentionally. Proverbs says, do not withhold good to those from those to whom it is due. It's saying when you see something good, you say something good. 
do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Five practices for leading leaders. Codify what matters most and communicate it in a compelling way. Cast a grander vision. Clarify desired outcomes. Challenge and affirm and celebrate growth. Uh, Y'all, before we go real quick, I just want to let you know that this content is something that is going to be really thematic over the course of the next year for us as a team at Path for Growth, for our customer base at Path for Growth. And here's what I'm so pumped about is we've recently hired an in-person experience producer. Her name is Katie. She's unbelievable. And we've done three in-person experiences thus far. And I will tell you, I, I believe, and I think our team and our customers would agree with you, it's one of the most impactful things that we do because we have a very specific goal whenever we get a small group of leaders together in the same place in person, kneecap to kneecap, is we say over the course of the next three days, you are going to experience growth. Not that you're going to hear about growth, not that you're going to learn about growth, not that you're just going to talk about growth. You are going to do all those things, but we haven't won unless you've experienced growth as a person, as a leader, and as a business. And what's so cool is I think we've gotten the bottom of how to do that. And uh, yes, it's content, but it's also connection. It's also real conversation. It's also time outside. And man, our, our next one coming up, we're doing it around this topic. And so we're designing it for 50 leaders um, to get together and really, really grow in the area of leading leaders. And we're going to work together to overcome those blockers. And so here's who this is for. It's for the business owner, number one. So if you own a business, we would love to have you, right? And, and truly, I mean this, we do not create things that I don't look at first and say, I would spend that money to go to that. And truly, I mean, my commitment to you is you, your business, your team will experience a return out of this experience. I, I believe that at my core, right? You're going to experience a return, both for yourself, for your health, and for your team and business's health and growth as well. Um, it's just such a powerful time. But then here's who else this is for. We had this dream of what if we created an experience where, yes, we leveled up the owner, but in the presence of leveling up the owner, we also leveled up key leaders alongside them. And we said, man, who's that person that you say, I believe in that person, I trust that person, that person aligns with our business's mission and values, and I want to make an investment in that person and watch them level up over the course of three to four days. Uh, the reason why we did this is we already started to have people bringing leaders from their team to our experiences, and we just started to see these incredible results where it's not just the owner experiencing growth in isolation. It's like their top leaders are on the same page with them, and it was just so mind-blowingly cool. And so that's what we're doing. We've got 50 spots. It's in Asheville, North Carolina in October. It's going to be so freaking beautiful. The team has done an incredible job. Um, I personally would love to have you there. If you have any questions, um, you can reach out to team at pathforgrowth.com. Make sure you check out the webpage for all the details. And we would be more than happy to talk with you about anything, figure out if it's right for your team member or for you as well. But we would love to have you as a part of this experience, all focused on leading leaders, October of 2023 in Asheville, North Carolina. Well, I hope that that added value to you and that it's something that you can share as a resource to develop and invest in your team. And hey, if you are someone that owns or runs a business, we'd love to have a conversation with you about joining us at the next Path for Growth experience. So if that's something that you are interested in at, in Asheville, North Carolina, all of the content is going to be inspired and revolving around this topic of leading leaders. And so I'd personally love to have a conversation with you 
you. You can click the link to find all the information out about that in the show notes of this episode. Real quick, before we go, we always mention this at the end of the podcast. If you like this content, we send written content very similar to it in an email every single Wednesday. We call it Worth It Wednesday because we send a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking. You can read the email in under two minutes. And I also like to send a little video that elaborates more on the principle. Thank you so much to all of you that are already part of that growing community. There's already over a thousand leaders that are on there. But if you're not yet, we'd love to have you join. You can sign up for Worth It Wednesday at the show notes of this episode or at pathforgrowth.com. Y'all know this. We're rooting for you. We're praying for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.